So, uh, <laughs> that video is actually a commercial for uh, a video game console. And they're selling the, you know, video games. You get to do this kind of thing. But I love that video because of the, the correlation for us. Greatness awaits. It's right here. It's right at our fingertips. God is calling us to greatness. I want to thank Major Barbara for reading that, uh, the scripture verse earlier. And one of, or the scripture passage, um, one of the verses that's in there, John 14, 12, that is my favorite, my life verse. One that I have from the beginning of my accepting of Christ has been a part of my life. John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Greatness awaits you and me. You can do greater things than Christ. That's not me saying that. That is Christ himself. And we read the stories of Christ and we experience Christ in our lives and we think, how is that even possible? And yet, here it is. Christ's words, you shall do even greater things than these. If you believe, because I am going to the Father. You and I were created for greatness. Greatness. Now, to be clear, when I talk about greatness, we're not talking about, and when Christ talks about greater things than these, we're not talking about what the world views as greatness, but what the kingdom of God views as greatness. And you understand the difference. Right? The world says you're great if you have power, and you have authority, and you have fame, and you have money. God says you are great if you are a servant. If you consider others over yourself. If you love God and love others. That's true greatness. You and I have the potential to which heights that only God himself can conceive. You and I can reach heights that only God himself knows and conceives. So what does it mean, again, to be great? What does it mean to be truly great? Does it mean having authority because of position? Again, does it mean money? Does it mean friends? Does it mean fame? Does it mean being distinguished? Does it mean being very talented at something? Does it mean others call you great? There are so many ways to talk about greatness. 
I want to look at two things with greatness today. Today I want to look at your individual greatness, my individual greatness. And then I want to look at our corporate greatness. First thing in order for you to be great in Christ in the kingdom of God, you have to be prepared. And I love the video. Did you see the kid grabbing the stuff he had, grabbing a pot for a helmet and a pillow for a breastplate and a little, it looked like a cross for his sword. I love that. He grabbed what he had to be prepared and God filled in the rest. When he stepped through that portal, when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, what you have at your disposal, God uses in miraculous, mighty ways, right? It reminds me of Moses and God saying, and you've heard this before, God saying to Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it was a staff, just a staff. And what did God do with that staff? He freed thousands and thousands of people. God saying to you, What's in your hand? What do you already have that I can use for my glory? Are you prepared? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I know you've heard me say this, I know you've heard other people say this, but you want to be prepared and you're not reading your scripture, you will never be prepared. Ever. You need to be in the word of God. Now, I know. It's a lot. There are 66 books in the Bible. It's a lot of pages, a lot of words. But friends, set aside 10 minutes out of your day to not look at your phone or not do something else and read Scripture. And as you do that, I promise you, if you are reading consistently, you will fall in love with Scripture. And you'll realize, well, 10 minutes, that's, I can give 15, I can give 20. Before you know it, you've read through the whole thing and then do it again. We cannot be prepared if we do not know the word of God. We must spend time in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray continually. Pray without Ceasing. Now, does that mean that all day I'm on my knees praying to God? Maybe. But you know the great thing about God? He's everywhere. And he's always listening. 
We, we like to turn prayer into this, well, we have to use fancy words, and we have to be in such a position, our bodies have to be positioned a certain way, and all of that, and our eyes have to be closed. Listen, if you're driving and you're talking to God, please don't close your eyes. God is always there, always willing to lend a listening ear. Talk to God as you would anyone you call on the phone. As you would anyone that's in your presence, because he is in your presence. You want to be prepared. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Huh. We like to overcomplicate things. It isn't that complicated. It is all about disciplining ourselves. Being disciplined in what God has for us. But then we also must do this, right? You've heard, you've read Ephesians 6, and you know what's in Ephesians 6, right? The armor of God. Finally, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on love, put on joy, put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. Take up the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. Take on faith. Clothe yourself in Christ Jesus, in His character, in His goodness, in His divinity. You want to be great, be prepared. You want to be great individually, be of service. Be a servant. I'm going to try to tell this story without crying. But it's going to be hard because they're not here today. But Thursday, and she would be embarrassed that I'm telling this. So it's a good thing they're not here today. <laughs> Thursday we had a party, a surprise party for Randy and Sandra. And many of you know that, all of you know that, right? We, we put all that out. And when they came in and we said surprise, and Sandra immediately, I mean, the over-under on that as to how many sex seconds it would be until she cried, she immediately started tearing up. And I said... Different, nice things, very true, amazing people. You all know this. And at the end of that, I said, and we would love for you to get food first and then have a seat. Sandra came to me and whispered to me, can I serve the kids? Be of service. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says this, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. 
Whoever wants to be first must be last. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Be of service. Be a servant. We see over and over again as you read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus doing what? Over and over again. Jesus being in very nature God, having authority over everything, did what with that authority? He became a servant. What an example we have in Christ. So much of a servant that he took his life to the cross and died for you and me. What an example we have in Christ. You want to be great, be prepared, be a servant. May my perspective, may the way I view the world be more like Christ and less bound by my sinful nature and my finite view. May you and I be led by Christ and the Holy Spirit. May we live as Christ did and does as a servant. Many of us have been placed in authority. And we don't want to be like these rulers here who lord it over them. But no, be a servant. You want to be prepared. You want to have, be of service. And you've got to have the Holy Spirit. You gotta. You must be Holy Spirit filled. There's a great quote. There's a great, great quote that was said many years ago by a man who's sitting in the room. Charles Nickerson. Now, many of you might not know him as Charles. Happy. Once said many years ago, and it always stuck with me Am I dwelling with the Lord or indwelt? By him. Always stuck with me. It was very powerful. Am I allowing the Lord, am I dwelling in his presence or allowing him to dwell in me? There's a big difference. Right? Because even those who are not believers, even those who refute the existence of God, are in God's presence, for he is everywhere. But am I allowing, am I inviting him in to my life? Am I inviting him to dwell in me? Because he doesn't force it. But when we invite him, he comes rushing in. It's this moving from Jesus as Savior to Jesus as Lord. Jesus is my Savior, but he's also my Lord. Moving past he saves me to he leads me. Now friends, we can go around the room and talk about testimonies and I pray to God that part of your testimony is how God is leading you today, not just how you got saved years ago. Because your salvation is important, but where God is leading you is just as if not more.
This, this, <laughs> this is tough, but true. I don't get to choose what God requires of me. You and I don't get to choose what God requires of me. Now, we can say, no, that's no, too much. But we don't get to choose what God says, come on, I'm going to take you over here now. Come on. You and I don't get to choose what God requires of us. It is our job to lead, it is our job to follow where he leads. And you can't know where he's leading if you're not reading his scripture. If you're not dwelled in his spirit. So individual greatness, but there's also more than that. Because we are a body of Christ. Corporate greatness. All of us together working for the kingdom. And how do we have corporate greatness? We must be driven We must not, we must work, we must move forward and driven in the mission that God has corporately given us. And what is that mission? To preach the gospel and meet human need in Jesus' name without discrimination. That's it. There's the mission. That's why this building exists. That's why that building exists. The warehouse, the center of hope, the boys and girls club. That's why this uniform I wear, I have on. It's for that, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human need in his name. But you see, we, we the Salvation Army, are victims of our own success. The Salvation Army is more respected in this country and better funded than ever, which is great. And this is a great credit to the generations that came before us. But if we're not careful, this can allow us to fall asleep at the wheel. We can become very complacent. We can say, corporately, well, we have a soup kitchen and we feed people every day. And we have a food pantry, and we give away food twice a week. And we have a clothing closet, and we have a shelter, and we have a boys and girls club, and we have a booth gardens, and we have, and we have, and look at all of these things we are doing. And we can say, that's good enough. We can become complacent that that is good enough. And God is saying, no more. Right, Because it's not just about that, it's about sharing the gospel of Christ. We fall infinitely short if we are not sharing the gospel corporately with other people. You see, because if I give away food or whatever and I'm not sharing the gospel, that's more about me feeling good about myself than sharing what God has for someone else. Comfort and apathy kill us far more than incompetence. Because the truth is, I am in way over my head. But God is enough. And if I become comfortable, if I become apathetic, well, that kills my witness. 
We sometimes don't move because we're afraid we're not enough. Let me reassure you, you're not enough. God is. And the God who split the Red Sea, the God who raised on the third day, the God who raised the dead and sent out demons, and all of this is the same God that dwells in you. The same one. We were destined for greatness. James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. In Philippians 4.13, you know this one. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let us not rest on, corporately on, well, we're doing okay. Let us lean in to what God has for us. Did you know that we used to believe, we become a little more pessimistic. We used to believe that it was the Salvation Army that was going to usher back in the second coming of Christ. We used to believe that we were going to get the whole world saved. Now, theologically, I don't know if that's true, but in practice, that is a great way to view our ministry. We need to stand firm in what God has for us and lean in. And when God requires of us, we must answer that call, both individually and together. We must be accountable. Luke 17, 1 through 4, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. We must hold each other accountable, but we also must forgive one another. We're better together. We just are. God created us for being together. And we're better together. We must be driven. We must be accountable. We must be missional. Do you know the mission? Do you know the mission that God gave, that Christ gave before he ascended? Do you know what he said in Matthew 28? Therefore, go and make disciples. What do you say? Make disciples just here, right? Now what he said? No. All nations. Therefore, go. He didn't say, hey, you, you disciples, stay right here. Stay right here and worship just you guys right here and be comfortable. Go. Make disciples. The mission is that. Go. Make disciples. Being a Christian is more about is more than just coming to church on Sunday. This is just the pep rally. Being a Christian is every day living 
with Christ and going and following through on the mission. And I fail way too often, way too often. Jesus doesn't say if you feel like it or if your hair is just right or everything is great in your life, then make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations. This morning I'm going to invite Evangeline to come back to the piano. And as she does, do you know that greatness is awaiting you? Because God created you for greatness. How many, when you and I get to heaven, are going to rise and call us blessed because we poured ourselves into other people? Because we allowed the Holy Spirit to pour into us and it overflow into other people. How many? I don't know. But I want it to be as many as possible. I want to do the mission I want to live up to the calling that God has placed on my life. And I want you to live up to the calling that God has placed on your life to go and make disciples. Wherever you are. Greatness awaits. Won't you receive the greatness of the Holy Spirit? Won't you be called great in the kingdom of heaven because you were a servant? Won't you come to the altar this morning?